Thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you get your podcast. On today's episode, Michigan State's 2023 football recruiting class doubles in size and stays rolling. And then we go to some mailbag questions from, is Jim Harbaugh's return to Michigan a positive or a negative for Michigan State? And what is our dream non-conference schedule for hoops? Let's you go. Are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, what's up, gang? How are we doing on this fine Thursday? Uh, I'm doing sensational after Michigan State's day yesterday on Wednesday in the football building. That's right, tacking on two big-time recruits. Quite literally, big-time. We'll get to their measurables and all that good stuff later. But first, you know what I have to do? i got to ask you politely to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This is the Locked on Spartans podcast, and we do this five days a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to have friend of the program, Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports on to bring us up to speed on really all, all the great news happening with Michigan State recruiting and if there's anything on the near horizon. But until then, I'm going to give you a brief rundown of the two guys added to the class right after I give your email address. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. So if you have any questions, comments, Concerns or anything, literally anything, send it on over, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right. Well, uh, that's quite the day for Mel Tucker and company. Uh, nabbing two big-time recruits uh, for his 2023 class that now sits at four players. Uh, in the morning, you get a commitment out of Detroit Martin Luther King, the reigning state champs, Jonathan Slack, interior offensive line, all six foot three, 280 pounds of him, committing to the green and white. Not a bad way to start your day. Uh, this is what Slack comes in as. Per the 24-7 sports composite ratings, we got a top 400 recruit on our hands. For interior offensive line, he is rated as a top 25 player, and in the state, top 10 player in the state of Michigan, rating at number 9 in the Mitten State. He is a highly rated 3-star per the 24-7 sports composite. There are some recruiting services out there that have Slack actually as a 4-star. So, anyway, you slice it. High 3-star, low 4-star, uh, either work in, in my book. No doubt about that. So, right now at King, he plays center um, and Michigan State. Right now, okay, Nick Samak playing center. He's got two more years left, so this is the guy in waiting behind Nick Samak for that position uh, should his time come at Michigan State. So, nice little fun first, I'm sorry, second commit out of the state of Michigan. Brennan Parachek, the other guy out of Michigan as well. He is the six foot six tight end who committed a while ago. He committed last September, but he's number five ranked player in the state. So, already Michigan State two top 10 rated kids in the state of Michigan in the class. Now let's dip down to Iowa to chat about the next guy. This is a big one. Jonathan Slack, that's an awesome commitment, but my goodness gracious, whew, talk about throwing an exclamation point on your Wednesday. How about a little Andrew DePape for you? That's right. I think I'm saying that name right, DePape. Um, yeah, just wow. Wow. This happened all so quick. Uh, you hire Brandon Jordan. This perks the ears up of a lot of defensive linemen. 
Mr. DePape is one of these players. He comes to junior day over the weekend, and yet before the next week even ends, you get your biggest commit in the Michigan State Spartan program since 2016. Yeah, since 2016, he's the highest rated guy per the 24-7 sport composite since then. He is rated as a four-star, of course. Also, a top 150 player in the country. His rating comes out to beep, boop, 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 boop. 0.9418. Now, what on earth does that mean? Well, it means that he's the 22nd highest rated recruit ever, ever in Michigan State history. And for also more reference, how fun is it to have Alex Van Sumeren coming to state next year? How fun was it to get his commitment? Alex Van Sumeren was a 0.9211. That is, that's damn good. That's really good. 0.9418. Ooh, we, yes, we are cooking with gas over here. Tuck coming. Brandon Jordan coming for all I care. I, 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 hey, we're all taking care of business in East Lansing. So uh, I'm going to just pick some pieces out of the 24-7 sports evaluation. There's Scott and report from Alan True here. Uh, before I go any further, the most exciting part is this. They do player comparisons when you get a top-rated guy like this. Their player comparison is Max Crosby. Oh, yeah, the defensive end game wrecker out of the Las Vegas Raiders. So, uh, yeah, if we're going to get that kind of a comparison. Um, and now playing for the guy who, well, privately coaches Max Crosby, too. It's going to be very hard not to get super-duper excited about this one. Uh, so, Alan True writes, he has a taller lawn frame with room to fill uh, in college. Shown the ability to line up from different spots. Uh, has his hand down and played a little bit standing up. And then he moves on, uh, gets off the ball quickly, shows agility to bend the corner, does a nice job with his hands as a pass rusher and can get to the quarterback. Later on goes to say, does not have glaring weaknesses, but can still continue to make strides as far as adding strength and top end pursuit speed. Yep. Uh, I like everything I just read there. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm talking about. But yeah, what what a great start to this class for Michigan State because after... Those two gentlemen commit on Wednesday. Michigan State chilling, just chilling at the number eight rated class in the country. The number eight rated class in the country. And right now, there are only two classes ahead of them that just have four commits. Uh, Ohio State, they also have four commits as well. They're rated just ahead of Michigan State at seven. Texas A&M, they have four commits as well. They sit at number five. And also USC, and because they have three commits and they're all five stars, so they're also right ahead of Michigan State. But you got Georgia. Okay, they're number one. They got nine commits. Notre Dame, number two, they have eight commits. Arkansas, they're number three. They have eight commits. So what I'm trying to say here is that there's a lot of game left. And usually when I would say there's a lot of time left in a recruiting cycle or recruiting class, it would be like last year, you know, where Michigan State jumps up to, I don't know, what's the highest they got, like 14 or something like that. And I'll say, okay, this is fun, but they're probably going to end somewhere just outside the top 20, is my guess, because there's a lot of recruiting left to be had. I'm kind of whistling a different tune this time around. Can Michigan State really nab a top 10 class for the 2023 cycle? I'm I'm actually going to say yes. They they absolutely can. Will they? Uh, Maybe? Maybe? Perhaps? I Listen... The hires that Michigan State has made are quite 
quite okay. <laughs> Brandon Jordan, you have Ephraim Reed. You just hire Marco Coleman out of Georgia. You got guys that come from the right places, that have the right pedigrees. And also, you're coming off a season where you just won a Peach Bowl. That's a mighty fine season. Everyone can feel the reverberations of the Tucker era out of East Lansing. And this is a conversation that we've had time and time again, whether it be with Justin Thind or Stephen Brooks, both of 24-7 Sports, both guys that know the ins and outs of recruiting, that classes are really reflected two years after great seasons. Michigan State has a dynamite 2021 campaign. Okay, it's no coincidence they're off to a white-hot start here and are sitting at number eight in the country. You tack on some great coaching hires. Okay, all right. You got the, the culture built. You have good seasons to back it up. You got a coaching staff in place. And, of course, everything on top of that, too. The marketing. Michigan State being such a front runner in the NIL era. There's a lot of good things happening right now. So, yeah, in the past, sure. I would see Michigan State jump to the top ten after four commits, and I'd probably say, all right, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. But now... Oh, man, I things seem to be lining up okay. Now, is it a guarantee? Absolutely not. No, it's very hard. Very hard to get a top 10 class in the nation. Like, let's just look at last year for a quick example. Michigan State, they end their class 22 overall in the nation. Solid class. Six four-stars, 17 three-stars. North Carolina had the 10th ranked class in the country in 2022. They had two five-stars, eight Four stars. That's a lot. Uh, Michigan, the number nine ranked class. They had nine four stars, one five star. Oklahoma, no five stars, but 15 four star athletes. So you got to get a lot of four stars in your class. But again, I'm going to reiterate, not impossible. Not after what Michigan State just accomplished last year and not with what is going on in East Lansing in the Scandalaris Football Center. Oh my goodness gracious. All right, guys, we're going to be talking more football here on the other side via a listener question. But first, I have to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Well, BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football either. Mm-mm. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute up info rather on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So what are you waiting for? Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. And before diving headfirst into some mailbag questions, hey, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. Or, hey, hit me up on Twitter, Sheehan underscore sports as well. That's all fun and well, too. The first question comes from unnamed emailer, which happens. Sometimes you got to live anonymously. I get it. Uh, and... This one just gets to a very topical uh, story. Jim Harbaugh, he's coming back after uh, rumors, reports that he was going to be leaving for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, after an all-day interview up in sunny Minneapolis, he is uh, not taking the job or not off of the job. I don't know. That's it. Hey, we'll start there. That's the interesting thing, right? Is um, There are reports that come out You know, after the all-day interview, he was not offered the job, which that seems to make sense because I 
it seemed like he was pretty adamant on getting back to the NFL. So he could be coming back to Michigan because, well, uh, yeah, imagine that. Uh, spending a full day with Jim Harbaugh did, did not end in a job offer for Jim Harbaugh. Or uh, I'm sure we're going to be hearing reports, too, that, oh, no, he was offered this and that, but the, the allure of coming back to Michigan and beating Ohio State for the second year in a row and uh, perhaps finally beating Mel Tucker was too much to turn down. I don't know. It's neither here nor there. We're going to get the runaround, depending on what media outlet you listen to. If it's the Detroit media outlet, if you're like me and you're in the Metro Detroit market, Get ready for a lot of storylines just uh, waxing poetically about how he's going to chase what Bo gave to this program. Uh, Anyway, is it a net positive or negative for Michigan State that he is coming back? I am going to say probably, like, this is such a boring answer. Or maybe it's not. It's kind of a net neutral, right? I mean, obviously, I think it's well documented that Michigan State has done well against Jim Harbaugh and his teams. As of late, so does him coming back necessarily scare me? No, not any more than you know the, the next guy up. Because here's the thing: it's Michigan will always have the advantage of their brand, the the money being pumped into the program, the the media always having their backs, the ability to never do anything wrong. And the next guy was going to get that anyway, right? So I, I, whether it had been you know a, a dud hire like Mike Hart, or they really hit a home run and get Lane Kiffin. That there was going to be the whole media machine behind them, trying to pump them up, hype them up, and, okay, another surge in recruiting. Woohoo! oh, we're back. Hey, let's do another signing with the Stars. Like, I don't know. It, it, I think it just would have been the same cycle over and over again that we get now. So, no, I don't necessarily think it's a, a negative that he comes back. Is it a positive? I don't know. And here's the other thing, too, is we got to look at their schedule for next year, right? And you know, I'm not I'm not trying to speak in this tone of like, oh, I'm ripping them apart because I, I've been on the record. I think it's a, a brilliant idea to not have a serious schedule in the non-conference. Look, they open up against Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut. That, that, that's a laugher of a schedule then. Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, Penn State. So the point is, is that they're going to get started hot next year anyway, right? So it, it, there's going to be the, the hype. They're going to get their confidence under them very early. So... No, I, I don't think that a new coach changes much. I don't think Harbaugh coming back would change much. So I, I I can't be necessarily too moved by it. Was I a little bummed to hear about it? Well, yeah, I was, but not from a football standpoint. I was just bummed about it because from an optics standpoint, it's that this man finally delivers a shred of what you were looking for after seven years, and then he immediately dips out to the NFL after? Like, come on, like that... That is that is hilarious. So, yeah, bummed that we're missing out on the, that shot in Freud, but, eh, oh, well, yeah, from a football standpoint, like, I'm, I'm this bad podcast, and I'm just shrugging my shoulders, like, okay, stay tuned for next year to see how it works out, I guess. Seemed to be okay the last two years. I don't know. So, that is uh, my take on the whole Harbaugh thing, and we can finally put it to bed and move on with our lives. Uh, next question comes from, for the second show in a row, may I add, Bill Patterson. That's right, old Bill coming in clutch right here. Says Izzo and Company. That's right, we're switching sports. Izzo and Company have done an amazing job scheduling non-conference over the last 27 years. With that being said, what is a top five list of non-conference schools that MSU hasn't played with any regularity? I always butcher that word. Regularity. Yeah, that sounds right. That you would like to see them play. And then Bill adds his. He says Arizona. They're typically good. UCLA. Missouri. He also adds that close proximity. They would usually be a quad one or two win. Love that. Just chalking it up as a win. Already. Let's go. 
uh, Iowa State, and then Memphis because of uh, Imani, Penny, and uh, they used to play in that Bass Pro Shop, which, yeah, of course, I can't turn down that opportunity. My, I'm going to kick my five off with something I've been lightly campaigning for the, the last couple months, if not years. I have no concept of time anymore. Um, Northern Michigan. That's right. I'm not even going D1. I, I'm going off the grid. I, I'm I'm pulling an audible here. I'm not even going to slate it up against like a Power 5 school or anything. Northern Michigan. Hey, did you guys know that Tom Izzo is from the UP? Yes, you probably heard that after you found out that Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed were high school teammates. But that how awesome would it be? Especially at probably the tail end of Izzo's career. I don't know. He could go another 20 years for all I know. How cool would it be to get the team back up to the UP to play against Northern Michigan in the Superior Dome? And I can't imagine a lot of UPers have an opportunity to watch Michigan State live in person. Yes, contrary to popular belief, people in the UP are still citizens of Michigan. Well, let's give them something to cheer for, man. I mean, so yeah, that's that, I think that is going to be squarely on my top five. That's number one. Get MSU on the road to the Superior Dome. Let's just make this a poetic game for Izzo. Number two, some poetry with this one, and it, it would be Gonzaga. I think it would be a lot of fun to always have like a, a common matchup with. Um, and I guess the only uh, poetry there is that Judd Heathcote spent his later years over in Spokane. So, or Spokane, rather, depending on what part of the country you're from. I've heard it pronounced both ways. But yes, Gonzaga would be an awesome one. And they're also no uh, stranger to having a good schedule either uh, over there in Spokane. Texas, UCLA, Duke, and Alabama were all on their schedule this year, so they're not turning down, you know, competition. Yes, they do play in in a high school conference, but they they know now that before they get there, they actually have to start playing some big boys, and Michigan State can be one of those big boys. I think that'd be fun. Uh, Number three is Marquette. I just like Milwaukee. I, I went there once seven years ago, had a good time. So yeah, give me Marquette. And for the same reason that Bill wants Mizzou, it's usually a good quad one, quad two win. Number four, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to just throw in three teams. I'm going to call this the Chicago Tour. You do three straight years, you play in the United Center in Chicago, and you play DePaul, you play Loyola. And for the third team, uh, let's do Notre Dame. I know they're not technically in Chicago. They're close enough, though, so I think that'd be a fun little Chicago gauntlet to run because, well, there's, what, 5.7 million Spartans in Chicago, seemingly, so that'd be another good one. And last but not least, this is one you're all going to hate. I love myself some Virginia basketball most years. This has been a down year for them, but hey, a nice little home-and-home series. They come up to East Lansing. We go down to Charlottesville. I think that'd be so cool. Uh, and also, it, am I saying this because Michigan State has had luck against the Cavaliers in like the last decade? Sure, maybe. Yeah, it helps when I only have good memories of playing Virginia. But yeah, I think that would be a really cool matchup to have as well. So that's where I kind of set uh, on that. And we do have some more mailbag questions here in a hot second. Uh, you know, a little bit of basketball still. But first, uh, just uh, yeah, gotta gotta take a quick, quick little break here. Two questions to round out the show, and yes, I'm going to shout out the email address one more time. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, two shooty hoops questions, just like I said. One straight to the point. When is Malik Hall going to start starting? Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Start starting as Malik Hall comes off the bench. And I'm going to give you a, a straightforward answer. 
Hopefully never. Uh, I'm I'm digging. I am digging Malik Hall off the bench. And it's kind of coming from the school of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, it. listen, I know that Malik Hall's probably one of the five best players on the team. And he's probably better than the guy that's playing in front of him more times than not in Joey Hauser. However, it's not like Michigan State is starting these games on a slow note, right? So I do like the aspect of energy off the bench, senior energy off the bench that Malik Hall has given. And I think that it's benefiting him as well. Sometimes players just do better when they're coming from off the bench, jumping into a game midway through after they've you know been able to dissect the first three, four minutes. And listen, Malik's having a fine season. Five of his last seven games are in double-digit scoring, and it goes without saying, he played okay against Maryland. But yes, I think it comes down to more so of Michigan State start to the games, for the most part, this season, are fine. And right now you got the formula. Okay, Malik, you're going to be your guy off the bench. You'll be the leader of the second unit here. Um, and by the way, you're going to be logging, what, 24 minutes a night anyway, 25 minutes a night anyway. So I don't, I don't really think he has to start. I mean, that's that's kind of where I sit on it. Now, if, of course, Michigan State, in their next four games, they go three and four, and they also just shoot themselves directly in the foot before, like, the under-16 timeout or the first under-12 timeout even rolls around, and you're playing catch-up from the get-go. Very reminiscent of last year. I feel like they had to do that every single game. But, no, this year, wow, yeah, this... Wow, I just brought myself back to last year. Oh, my God, I, I thought I was over it. But, no, uh, this year, eh. The starts are fine enough. Malik's been doing just fine off the bench. I think Michigan State is fine. How they are with Malik coming off the bench. Next question. That's right. Lockdownspartans at gmail.com. As my notes are loading up, here it is. You have been talking about Michigan State's end to the season and how tough it's going to be. So I'm going to grant you one wish. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. You get to eliminate two consecutive games from the end of Michigan State's schedule. They don't have to play them. What two are you going to go with? They have to be back-to-back games, though. Okay. I like that. I like the caveats with that. I'm going to run through the schedule really quick, so uh, if you're going to jot this down, get a get a quick uh, get a quick hand, a pen, and some paper. Okay, we're at Rutgers. Home against Wisconsin. Home against Indiana. At Penn State. Home against Illinois. At Iowa. Home against Purdue. At Oh, no, I'm sorry. And then it's at Michigan, then at Ohio State, and then home against Maryland to end the season. I got a really just quick, easy answer. Uh, I I don't love back-to-back road games, and I really don't love back-to-back road games when they're within 48 hours of each other. Yes, I know one of those road games is just a hour-long drive down the road, but still, hey, an away barn is an away barn. So, yeah, I'm going to quickly eliminate... Uh, at Michigan on March 1st, followed by at Ohio State on March 3rd. Especially at the end of the Big Ten season where hopefully Michigan State still has a shot at the title. Yeah, I'm sure, I'll, I'll pass the buck on those games. My second place, though, and uh, yeah, I'd get the whole thing, any one, any place, any time. I still don't really have any interest in playing Purdue this season. I, I understand that we just play them once. How hard can it be? They're at our place. I don't care. I, I think that's a very good team, and I still think, and this might be crazy as they've already dropped a few games of Big Ten, I, I still think they are going to be the Big Ten champions at the end of this season. So 
I'm going to go with that Purdue game, and I'm also going to go with the game before that on the road at Iowa. I don't know what we ever did to Iowa on the basketball court. I understand the whole football thing in 2015 probably left a bad taste in their mouth. I don't know what about it, but I they do not care for your Michigan State Spartans. Uh, they That is a hostile, hostile environment. Uh, every single trip down the court is just the fans crying for a call. Uh, either way, on offense or defense. And I just leave every game annoyed that we had to play at Carver Hawkeye Arena. And I get it. You know, Iowa's not a world-beating team this year. They're, they're, they're a fine team. And yeah, I also get it. Michigan State's had pretty good success, actually, down there um, as of late. But yeah, I just, I just don't care to play against Iowa on the road. So no, I'm going to eliminate at Iowa and then at home against Purdue because uh, am I a coward? Am I being a coward? You're, you're, you're darn right I am. Yeah, I, I don't care to play the Purdue Boilermakers. Color me scared. Yeah, I still have ugh, just scars from last year. No, I'm not over that one game in January, and I, I don't think I ever uh, will be in the near future. Maybe later on, maybe in like 2027, I'll finally get over that uh, second half meltdown from last season. But yeah, that's probably our target date, probably 2027. So for everyone that wrote in questions, thank you very much. You guys are all the best. I mean, we already knew this. You guys are Spartan fans. I love every single one of you. And not only are you Spartan fans, but you're locked on Spartans listeners. And for that, I thank you guys. Um, really, really do appreciate uh, your, your support and uh, the, the community that we've built here. You know, it just it, it's awesome that I'm able to just dip into the mailbox and pluck out some questions because you guys uh, actually kind of care what I say sometimes. Well, holy smokes, that's wow, just bewildering to me. And for once and for all, thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go make your second listen Locked on Bets. That's right, it's Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right, guys, hey, one more show to go. Tomorrow we got Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports. Woohoo! let's go.